Thanks for listening. This is Brian Hurley from Business Performance Improvement. The podcast Lean Six Sigma Bursts are short lessons, comments, Q&A, and insights. If you have a question, send your question through the Anchor app, and we might feature you on a future episode. Or contact me at biz-pi.com. The next concept I'd like to talk about is eight wastes. This is fundamental to the principles of lean. But to understand waste, we first need to understand what value is. So any tasks that help us move the process towards completion is considered value. Therefore, the opposite of value would be considered waste, that it's not moving the process forward towards completion. If we can remove waste from our processes, then that makes our processes more value added. And that also shortens the amount of time it takes to complete those processes. So instead of us looking for ways to make our process go faster, let's first try to eliminate the waste in the process. In the original lean methodology developed by Taichi Ono at Toyota, he developed seven different types of waste. There's an eighth waste that's been added, so we're gonna call this the eight forms of waste. It takes the acronym of Tim Woods, and we'll go into more detail in the next few slides. Tim Woods represents transportation, inventory, motion, waiting, overproduction, overprocessing, defects, and skills. You'll see this graphic throughout the presentation that summarizes those eight wastes with a quick definition of each one. Let's start with transportation. This involves transporting information or material by mail, cart, conveyor, or foot. And it includes any kind of walking or carrying or moving items from one room to another or driving. So if you have examples of those in your process, we want to look for ways to cut that time and distance down or to eliminate it completely. What's one example of transportation in your home? I is for inventory. That's material or information that is waiting for processing and takes up space either physically or mentally when we think about tasks that we have to do. It's activities that we started, but we haven't completed yet, or we've brought in the materials to use, but we haven't decided to complete or use them up yet. So it could be food in your freezer, fridge or pantry that you're saving for a rainy day or going to consume later. But in the meantime, you have to keep the freezer running that costs energy and it takes up space and it costs money. And you've already purchased those items, so it's money that's not in your bank account right now, sitting in a freezer or storage area. It could be clothes that you wear that takes up space in your drawers and in your closet. That's space that may be available for other clothing that you would actually wear, or space you could use for other purposes. Any kind of storage space or room is opportunity to reduce inventory. Some people even pay extra for storage space maybe at a storage location or facility. So that costs money and the transportation of going back and forth to that area. In your home, you may have a bigger house because of the extra storage that you need. And so you're heating and cooling that extra space and you're paying more in taxes and in mortgage or rent payment because of that. Oftentimes we like to buy in bulk and save money on a per piece basis. But that material that we buy, whether it be toilet paper or paper towels, takes up space, and again, it's money that's coming out of our bank account today that we don't really need right now. 
So oftentimes we think we're getting a good deal, but when we look at the total cost of our investment, it doesn't turn out to be such a good deal after all. Especially items like food where it can go bad or rot or decay, we may not actually get to consume all the food that we purchased. If you have a garage, you can look in there for items that you rarely use or don't need anymore. And again, it's taking up space, also creates clutter. And that clutter weighs on us. As we go in and we start to look for things, we have to search around items that shouldn't even be there. And it makes things very congested and it feels cramped. And it starts to create some stress in our life. If we look at our living space, some of us even have extra bedrooms or space in some of our rooms that aren't being utilized. Inventory also applies to tasks and activities that we start but we haven't completed yet, such as doing your taxes. Let's say you start in January and start working on them, and then you put it off to the side for a while. But in the back of your mind, it takes up space, mental space, while you're dreading trying to finish it up and thinking of all the tasks that you need to complete with it. So you've invested some of your time into it, but you haven't completed it and gotten the benefit out of it yet, or relieved yourself of the stress that it creates. It could also be home projects that you started that haven't been completed yet. So you've put your labor and hard work into it already, but you haven't reaped the benefits of it yet. What is one example of inventory in your home? M is for motion. Unnecessary motion is any motion that does not add value to the product or the service within your home. If you find yourself searching for photos on your computer, trying to find the right one, that's an example of motion. If you're looking for your tax receipts because you don't have a good organization to that, that's wasting time for you to accomplish your task of completing your taxes. If you can't find your phone because you misplaced it or don't remember where you left it charged, that's wasting time and keeping you from doing whatever task you needed to do with your phone. If you're trying to shave your face or your legs and you're not doing it very efficiently, there's a lot of extra motion that might be involved that's keeping you from doing the task. And if you find yourself reaching or bending or twisting to reach something on a shelf or under a bed, that's extra time and motion that is keeping you from finishing your task. So what is one example of unnecessary motion at your house? W is for waiting. This is time spent work waiting on items that are required to complete a task, such as information or materials or supplies. If you're waiting for a response from someone or waiting for the water to boil to cook your food or waiting for food to unthaw or waiting for a website to load up or maybe waiting for the hot water in the shower which might be wasting a lot of water or maybe waiting in line at the grocery store these are all things that delay you completing your task and you're not adding any value at that time and it's probably pretty frustrating and annoying what is one example of waiting in your home The first O is for overprocessing. This is any effort and time spent processing information or material that is not actually adding value. Sometimes they call it extra or excessive processing because it's going above and beyond what's actually needed. One example might be vacuuming too often. So maybe it needs to be done once a week and you do it twice a week. So it's more than necessary. And that extra time could be spent doing something else. Maybe you're dicing up your food but you're dicing it in too small pieces, and maybe that affects the quality or the taste of the food. 
so that extra time spent doing those extra cuts may be keeping you from doing other tasks or from finishing your meal sooner so you can actually enjoy what you cooked. Could be blending the smoothie longer than you need to and overdoing it. Whereas you maybe it takes a minute to get it to where it's high quality and you go a minute and a half or two minutes thinking that's better, but you can't really taste the difference. And maybe it's washing your clothes when they're not really dirty yet. So you're putting it through more cycles and it's starting to wear and tear on the garments themselves. And you're using more money and spending more time washing those items. Maybe you could delay a load of laundry if you only put in the things that were dirty. So what is one example of overprocessing in your home? Overproduction is producing or making more information or products than is needed right now. The obvious example is making too much food. Sometimes we are in fear of running out of food, and so we always make extra. But is that really a bad thing? If we were to run out of food, usually we have plenty of food, and if the people run out, it's not like they're going to starve. They could probably go get some other food somewhere else. But a lot of our cultures are set up to be afraid of running out of food, and so we make extra. The problem is that extra food takes longer to make, and there's a risk that it goes bad or gets thrown away, or we don't actually get around to eating it. And so we spent extra money on that extra food and extra time. Maybe I'm, I'm ironing my clothes too early. So the time I'm spending right now ironing clothes I don't need till next week, what else could I be doing that is more urgent or important? And maybe I don't actually end up using those clothes. And so I did it way too early and now I didn't even need to do that work. And I could have been doing something else more valuable with my time. Same thing with washing clothes. Maybe I do need to wash them, but do I need to wash them right now? Maybe I could wait a couple of days or later until another task is completed or something more urgent. Or maybe I'm overheating or overcooling a space by not closing up vents or changing up uh, the heating and cooling system. And that's gonna cost extra money and cost more in my utilities. So what is an example of overproduction at your home? D is for defects. That is time spent repairing or reworking material or information. If you leave out an ingredient in one of your recipes, that would be a defect. If you forget your phone at home or lose it, that's a defect. If you forget to pay a bill on time and you get charged a late fee, or you forget to iron your pants when you leave for work. Maybe you drop or break a plate, or maybe the mower runs out of gas and you have to go back and get the gas tank and fill it up again. Or you put food in the back of your fridge or freezer and you let it rot or spoil. These are all examples of defects. What is one example of defects at your home? And the last waste, S, is for skills or people. This is where we're not utilizing the knowledge and the ideas of our family members. We're only asking them to do the tasks and use their hands, not their brains. We also want to look for ways we can find tasks that align with people's skills or passion as much as possible. This also involves not really educating or teaching people maybe why we do the task and why it's important. We just say, do it because I said so. What if we explain the importance and the value of it? Maybe we'll get more buy-in and support. We're also not asking people for input and ideas on how they could do the task differently or better. Maybe they've got a better idea, a more efficient way. We're not always the expert. 
Maybe we think we know how to do this, but someone could have a better idea. We need to be open to those ideas by asking questions. So ask the people who are doing the tasks for way, ways that they can think of to do it better or more efficiently. This empowerment gets people more buy-in and engagement in the task itself, and they tend to do a better job at it. And while you're at it, why, don't, why not explain the science behind how these tasks work? For example, explaining why soap is necessary for dishes and for countertops. Why it's important to seal the containers so that food doesn't go bad. How much money it costs to, when you leave the lights on. How much it costs to run the water for one minute. So what is one example of waste of skills at your home? Now that we've learned the eight forms of waste, you can use the waste observation form shown on the screen to fill out a form and document the things that you see in the process that you're evaluating. Not every process will have all eight forms of waste, but for the waste that you do observe in your process, make a note in the observation sections of the form. LeanSixSigmaDefinition.com has a list of glossary items about popular process improvement terms along with a history of Lean and Six Sigma methods and key influencers like Dr. Edward Stemming, Henry Ford, Taichi Ono, Shigeo Shingo, and many more. You can also learn how to access affordable Lean and Six Sigma training and certification. Visit LeanSixSigmaDefinition.com.